Welcome to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today, I will be talking to Sylvie Sharma, who is a technical solutions engineer for global accounts at VMware in Germany. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Please like and subscribe to my channel so you don't miss any of the exciting life stories and conversation. Welcome, Sylvie. Hi, Ronke. Hope you're doing good. Thank you. I'm, I'm great. So thank you for coming on the series, on the podcast. Um, let's kick it off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you love doing. Yes, sure. So I'm Surbhi Sharma. Uh, as Ronke already told you, I'm a solution engineer at VMware. I'm originally from India and I've been living in Germany since the past five and a half years, almost a little more than that. And I came to Germany uh, while I was a student. So basically, I'm born and brought up in India and all my education has been there uh, apart from my master's. I also had a job before I came for my master's uh, to Germany and I learned German when I came to Germany and then I did my master's in German and then I started working at VMware. And um, yeah, that's about a bit about my professional and educational background and uh, well, I love to cook. Uh, outside of work, I love uh, trying new recipes because that's something that I share with my husband. He also has the same hobby. And uh, apart from that, I love playing board games. I love ha cooking for friends. Uh, and I also am uh, actually in the last uh, few months, I've just picked up a new hobby of painting, but I'm not, I've just bought a um, painting where you can paint with the help of numbers. So I'm not a very artistic and creative person, but I need something to keep myself busy in my free time. So I just have a very, um, yeah, I've just started with that. So let's see how much time it takes for me to complete it. I love that. And also I recently read that someone said that they have given themselves the, um, how can I say, the, the permission to actually enjoy doing things they don't do well. So you can actually have a hobby in things that you don't really do well and still enjoy it. We always yeah. think you have to be perfectionists, but we don't. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> very lovely. So, uh, sorry, you are a solution engineer for global accounts at VMware. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is, what you do, what your day looks like, and especially why you'd enjoy doing that? Yeah, so basically a solution engineer role is a pre-sales role. What that really means that uh, since VMware is a technology uh, company and we are selling software products, so not uh, a, for a common man, it could be uh, difficult to understand what our products really do. So mm -hmm. my customers are ranging from different corners of the organization. So making them understand what my products are doing, what are they capable of, how can they they address their business problems that they want to solve, uh, how can they help them achieve their strategic business goals. That's kind of my job and um, how my day looks like and how I help my customers do this is that I have a counterpart with me who is the account manager and uh, 
through the account manager, uh, there are various projects that we get informed about and we build relationships with customers so that, uh, you know, they are always eager to know more about, uh, yeah, what's this new VMware product Ruby's going to talk to me about. And um, well, that's uh, about that. And we also, I'm also helping my customers, for example, for evaluating the different products that VMware has. So being accompanying them in the whole process, analyzing what requirements do they have, what do they want to achieve with this, and at the end of this evaluation also, uh, you know, uh, analyzing what have we achieved and uh, what needs to be done next as a next step, and uh, are there any other interests on top of a particular VMware product, because the VMware's portfolio is huge, so uh, that's also the job, and apart from that, uh, you know, whenever we are selling a bunch of products, so uh, helping customers identify now which version of the product, which edition, etc., makes sense for them and being the bridge between uh, the customers and the product management at VMware. So also uh, providing our customers updates on, uh, you know, that's the new cool feature that's come out in this product, in that product that you're using, and that might be helpful to you and kind of organizing dedicated sessions for my customers to in inform them um, uh, inform them every year, every uh, couple of months about uh, new things that VMware has to offer or new VMware news, so to say. Yeah. Hey, that sounds like you do a lot of communicating and presenting. And so is that what you like about the job, the communication and the fact that you're always doing something different every day? Or what is it that you enjoy? Yeah, so when I got into tech, uh, I had a very different idea of IT, and that was that there's always just the application development part, and there's always this infrastructure uh, maintenance part that's always there. And that changed when I got to first uh, get familiar with the solution engineering, engineering role, and I found that so interesting that I wanted to know, okay, this is a technical role. I need to have, I need to use my technical skills, but I need to talk to people also. And that was something that always attracted me to this job because when I left my very first job in India, what I was looking for, for was, um, first of all, a master's that give that uh, provides me with the skills of uh, having a mixture of technology and management in my CV. And then also I wanted to grow my career in the same uh, direction where I can use a mix of both these skills because I personally believe that uh, only being, uh, you know, very much buried in technology, uh, that was not something for me and I never saw myself there. So I really wanted a role where I'm talking to people. I'm uh, also a bit, bit strategic and this was perfectly the role where I could see myself. Yeah, I totally second that because that's what makes it interesting for me as well. And I think the uh, idea that, uh, that you had about, you know, working in technology before you became a solution engineer is what a lot of women out there have and it's what stops them actually from going into tech. So it's, it's good to talk about that there is a place in tech that's completely different from what you might think it is, you know, uh, different from the whole world of developing software and sitting in front of the computer and coding. So um, 
my next question would be, so you're now a solution engineer, but how did that happen? Did you always know you wanted to do something with technology? Did you study computer science? What was your background like? Tell me also a little bit about your family. Were there any role models in technology or was are you the first person? Yeah, um, that's a very great question. So um, my first stint with technology or with IT was, uh, as I talked about my very first job, which was as a network infrastructure analyst for at Infosys um, for a huge US-based client. So that was a second level support uh, to make it clearer for our audience. So um, my client had uh, some network problems in their infrastructure uh, globally. Uh, they, they were globally present and we were like the remote operation center and helping them to you know, resolve these issues. And uh, they address these problems with the help of tickets. And um, we had different kinds of severe issues that we got addressed awesome. so, so how did you get there i mean this is already you're already in technology there when you're working at infosys as a network an analyst basically so what what happened before that yeah before that uh, i was i was doing my bachelor's mm -hmm. and uh, my bachelor's was in electric electrical and electronics engineering which was a bit, I mean, very different from a network analyst role because uh, when you study electrical electronics, then people would expect that you are working with a um, power generation company or you are working with an electronics firm or you think of, um, you know, for example, my father, uh, he has been a role model because he was the first engineer in the family. And then uh, all of them, all of the others in my family have been actually teachers. So people did expect out of me that I would also be a teacher, but somehow I, um, I did not see myself there. I did not, I want something more and I knew that engineering would be that but I never knew when I took up this subject that I would not want to do something in electrical and electronics so it was in my fourth year of my education that uh, we have this concept of campus placements in India where companies come to hire um, candidates and um, I had two three companies who were ready to hire me and who had selected me and I chose Infosys because of a better package at that time and also I was too young so I did not uh, you know mind trying yeah okay let's give it a shot and uh, let's see what happens and uh, that's how I, I, I actually got into tech before you go on about uh, the rest of the journey, I was wondering because you said you never thought you would not want to do uh, electrical engineering. So what happened during those studies that, you know, you kind of realized that it wasn't what you wanted to do? Yeah, so during the course of my studies, I realized that, um, yeah, this anything, any career that I want to, um, you know, pursue after studying this purely technical, all the electronics and electrical stuff, all the subjects that we had, um, microcontrollers, um, yeah, to, to just name a few. It And because I also had various internships and trainings in the related uh, companies, for example, uh, um, we have a huge electronics company in India, Bharat Electronics, where my dad used to work. So that was where I also got to do my uh, internship and I also saw what kind of projects people are involved in there and only 
once you've reached a very higher position, you can get to something that's really more strategic and uh, ha has a lot to do with people. And apart from that, when you start, you are like very, very, um, you know, you're like very, very tied to technology. Not that I don't like it, but that was not something I particularly wanted. So I thought that, you know, yeah, let's see, let's try IT. Uh, it looks cool at that time. It was also very cool that you get into IT and an attractive package, on, honestly. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so um, it looked cool. Is it still? So, and it was cool and it, and it remained cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it remained cool. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, due to my whole journey that I took from India to Germany, learning a different language, then getting into a completely different role uh, as a second level support first, and then now in a technical pre-sales role where it's more communication with the customer and more face-to-face uh, -face communication, which wasn't the case in my previous role. So it is cool and it still stays cool, yeah. Tell me a little bit about this transition from India to Germany. I mean, this is a big step. This is a different culture. It's a different language. What made you uh, switch countries and, and also fields? So um, back in India, I want to do a master's. I do not just want to have um, a bachelor, um, bachelor course uh, behind me. And um, I tried different options uh, being in India. Also, uh, we have a huge number of tests uh, that we have there for going in different directions for MBA, for master's, for master of technology, uh, which is equivalent to MS that you do in the US. And um, I, I mean, um, next to my job, I couldn't really find time or to prepare myself for that. And, and uh, then I was exploring other options of going, moving out of Germany. How does that look like? Uh, sorry, out of India, <laughs> sorry. And I was evaluating which countries come into question for me. And um, then I researched a bit, informed myself, okay, how is studying in uh, US, UK and the other parts of the world. And um, Germany was uh, an attractive option, uh, firstly, because of, uh, um, because not many people choose to do that. Uh, that was the very first thing. There are a lot of people who would want to go to the US or UK, but uh, at that time, still not many wanting to come to uh, Europe or Germany. And also uh, the education system, uh, the benefits the, that you get uh, when you live in this country uh, as a citizen. That was something that helped me, you know, to plan not just this particular, master's course but make decisions for my life if I want to even settle here uh, some point uh, in time that these were all the thoughts that were coming in and then I informed myself uh, okay I want to go to Germany but how would I do that I had some friends here um, and uh, they were a source of information. That was the first thing. But also um, I realized very, very early that I need to learn the language. That's the only barrier that's in, the, in my way. And if I've crossed that, after that, it's like a cakewalk, uh, which, uh, well, a cakewalk is easier said than done, I would say, because, uh, uh, you know, integrating yourself in a different culture is 
lot more than learning a language in a language school. Uh, you need to think differently. You need to um, you need you, you have a different weather. First of all, uh, if you compare the food uh, to Indian food, it's completely different. Uh, I still cook Indian food uh, at my home, uh, obviously, because I can't uh, I'm an Indian at heart and I cannot just live without that. So I need my chili and um, well, Apart from that, you know, finding friends and socializing and these are just little things that uh, that are so different. And I remember the days when I was still at language school and I did not just uh, learn German. That's tip that I give to anyone who asked me about coming to Germany and learning the language that I didn't just learn German. I was living in German. I used to get up. I used to go to the language school. On my way to the language school, I was always listening to German songs. I completely switched all my playlists. I used to come back uh, from the language school. Then even if I want to watch movies, I used to watch German movies. I used to you know, uh, learn German songs so that I, uh, I understand meanings of the words. Mm -hmm. And these are just some tiny things that helped me so much uh, and the dedication, obviously. Um, that that helped me so much that uh, and I and all the jobs that I took in this phase, they were all German speaking. I took none of the English speaking jobs. People do think that when you move to a new country, yeah, it's better. You know, we can communicate better. But I spoke maybe a very broken language, broken German at that time. But still, I chose to do that because uh, when people realize here. Uh, um, that uh, you you are eager to learn, you want to learn the language and you want to speak in that language, then they help you, they honestly help you and they help you learn, they help you, um, they help you progress. And that's actually something that helped me to also clear my language exams because without that you cannot get uh, into any university. And um, yeah, that's how my transition from India to Germany looks like. And I cannot say till date that you know, I'm a perfectionist in the German language because I'm still learning. I like how you immersed yourself in the culture to, you know, get proficient in the language, because I think you made a very good point here. A lot of people come to a different country, then they go to a language school and then they still have issues, you know, a class what is the world getting up to the situation because they don't really accustom to the culture and you know all the little things around them the food and whatever and they tend to gravitate towards uh, people from their own culture and then speak their own language in the foreign country so I think this uh, is a great way to get accustomed to living in a new country so um Obviously, having yeah. to learn a completely new language um, and getting accustomed to new weather and new culture and all that was a big thing and probably also an obstacle. Um, but tell me a little bit about um, what kind of other maybe more um, job-related obstacles you faced when you came into technology or was it straightforward because you were already used to the language and the people? How What, what was it like going to uh, a job at um in a, in a foreign country like this let's put it this way. first i wouldn't say obstacle but this was something different would be the german work culture it is very different from india so uh, sometimes you need to 
you need to think what you're speaking about and uh, that was something that you only learn when you when you write in the middle of it and um you know uh the way that that's just the part of um you know uh, learning to integrate in the society. I think these two things are really interconnected with each other. So uh, also what I saw here that not many girls, uh, which which was actually um, a surprise for me that in a country like Germany, not many girls are in IT. Mm -hmm. And back in India, I used to see that there's so much competition because uh, uh, it doesn't matter in which branch you want to pursue your career even in IT you would have girls uh, obviously the um, if you compare that with the number of men uh, in IT that would be less but still um, it was more than what I saw comparatively in Germany so um, for example uh, in my very first job as a, a working student in Germany I was maybe one of the two girls in a huge team of, um, I would say 15, 16 people. And um, that act, uh, range of roles in that team. So that was kind of um, uh, very, a very different experience. I sah saw women a lot in- Can I interrupt here? Because that interests me especially because it's not only, I mean, you came to a strange country and then you came onto a field that's very male dominated. And there you were like basically the only woman with another one in your first job. And also as a foreigner, how, how was that? I mean, um, how was, what, what was that like? Yeah, well, it was very different. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I was, since, as you said, I was the only one from um, different background, from different immigration background. So, um, uh, I, and I was the youngest one. Mm -hmm. So I did have sometimes difficulties to express myself the way I would want to, because mm -hmm. not all the people in the team are in the same age group or would understand what I really want to achieve, mm -hmm. which somehow also hindered uh, how well I would have progressed in that particular role. So I do find that that was something that I missed in that role and uh, that experience or I could have extracted more out of that experience had that by a barrier not been there or yeah. Yeah, I think um, we also grow uh, through obstacles, I think. So this is definitely also an experience that made you grow in a professional sense, right? So um, let me ask you, so what was that first job? Was that already at VMware or was that um, somewhere else? That was a different job uh, at a transmission, um, a huge transmission company here in um, Berlin and uh, as a project management uh, working student. So it, yeah, that was that. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, how did you then end up at VMware? Did you do a graduate yes. program or something? What, what yes, yes, uh, indeed. Uh, so after working for one year as a working student and then um, um, luckily I was at the 
in the middle of 2019, I was also done with my uh, master's. And uh, just before that, uh, VMware approached me and um, offered me this graduate program position where I could uh, start as a graduate. So uh, just to make it clearer for our audience, in VMware, there's a graduate program uh, where um, um, university graduates uh, from all across, uh, from different roles can uh, come in and they have an intensive training for the first six months, which also includes uh, on-job training and uh, rotation in uh, different, um, different areas sometimes that depends on your role. So we have sales graduates, we have, I was the solution engineer graduate, and then we have from the professional services who are basically in project delivery uh, phase of uh, customer engagement. And uh, I have recently seen that there have been uh, some new positions in some other areas which did not, which uh, hadn't accepted any graduate positions up until now, but now they are doing that. And um, for example, marketing and offer management and things like that. So it's a huge, it's, it's, this program is growing and that's how I got into VMware uh, in 2019, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, great. I have talked to a couple of uh, graduate uh, program alumni, I would say, and everyone was very positive about the experience. And I think that's something we can recommend to other graduates out there to try and get into a company like VMware through such a program. So coming to recommendations, because we have already talked nearly like half an hour and, uh, I would like to ask you in terms of recommendation to young women or women interested into coming into the field, do you have something that you would uh, tell them? Yeah, so a couple of things actually. And the very first one would be believe in yourself. Uh, believe in yourself, your capabilities, your abilities, because um, you, you can achieve more than what you think you can achieve and do not shy away from trying new things. I remember Ronke, we were talking about the uh, topic of comfort zone uh, a few days ago and uh, how growth happens when you decide to step out of the comfort zone. I think that's very important. I did that. Uh, I, I forgot to mention earlier about a couple of other personal obstacles that came in my way uh, when I was making this move from India to Germany, since India is also a I mean, very um, traditional society when, if you compare it to Germany still. So uh, there was this pressure of uh, getting married and uh, at the right time, at the right age. And I chose not to do that. And uh, basically, this pressure came from my family because uh, the new, my because my mom she when I was fifteen she passed away, so I was the eldest one in the family, and I had to take care of a lot of things. Um, obviously, my dad was there, and my I have a younger sister also, but there were other responsibilities. So the family was expressing their concern out of just they wanted to do that for me or they're thinking of me but I had bigger plans I mean just like my father came out of a small town and made his name in a big city in India I wanted to also achieve something more I wanted to go beyond the limits and go beyond my comfort zone and not 
I, I did not shy away um, in, in this process. And that is something that I would really like to give uh, the, young, uh, the younger people out here who are listening to this uh, show. You need to believe in yourself and you need to not be afraid of, okay, I can't do that because that's not my skill. Uh, skills can be learned. You just need to have the determination. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, there's uh, some very, very important points here. The belief in yourself and the fact that you don't have a uh, cave into, you know, the pressure that society might put on you, especially a lot of women are faced with that kind of pressure telling them, like in your case, that they should get married, that they, you know, they should take a different path. And it's important to understand that you can become something bigger, I think, you know, yeah. And I know that this is important to you. You're also part of, you know, like the women's pod and you also try to make uh, as much um, impact as possible. So thank you for this survey and thank you for volunteering to come on my podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Same here, Ronke. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, I'm glad I could be here. <laughs>